Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a meaty middle about subordinating clauses, featured listeners in National Grammar Day news. And now on to subordinate clauses. Phrases and clauses are both groups of words that work together in a sentence. The difference is that a clause has a subject and a verb. Often, a clause could be a sentence if it were all by itself, and when it could be, we call it a main clause or an independent clause. Here's an example. Zombies hunt the remaining humans. That's a main clause. A phrase, on the other hand, is missing something. Phrases work within sentences. There are prepositional phrases, noun phrases, and so on. Phrases can play a lot of different roles in a sentence, but they work with main clauses. Somewhere, every sentence must have a main clause. Here's an example of a prepositional phrase followed by a main clause. On the TV show The Walking Dead, zombies hunt the surviving humans. So the prepositional phrase is on the TV show The Walking Dead, and the main clause is zombies hunt the surviving humans. Now that you understand that, we can talk about subordinate clauses. They get their name from the fact that they always start with a subordinating conjunction, such as since, because, although, and while. Subordinate clause is the name you're most likely to have learned in school, but the other name, dependent clause, may help you better understand what they do, because adding that subordinating conjunction to the head of the clause makes it dependent on a main clause. A dependent clause without a main clause is a fragment. The dependent clause needs the main clause. It depends on the main clause to make it a proper sentence. Fragments are generally frowned upon in formal business writing, but you do often see them in fiction, especially in dialogue, because they create a conversational, punchy, informal tone. And you see them in marketing copy, too. If you just write because the days are getting longer, that's a fragment. But if you tack that on to the end of a main clause, together they become a complex sentence with a main clause followed by a dependent clause. Like this, I know summer is right around the corner because the days are getting longer. I know summer is right around the corner is the main clause. And because the days are getting longer is no longer a fragment. It's now a dependent clause or a subordinate clause. They mean the same thing. You may have been taught not to start a sentence with the word because, which you'll remember is one of the subordinating conjunctions. But that is a fib used by beleaguered teachers to keep small children from writing sentence fragments, such as before Bobby leaves, unless Martha brings cookies, when the ice cream man comes. By themselves, those are all fragments. A subordinate clause can go at the beginning of a sentence or later in a sentence. The only difference is that if it goes at the beginning, you need a comma after the subordinate clause. If it goes later, you don't need a comma. Here are some examples with the subordinate clause at the beginning of the sentence. Before Bobby leaves for practice, comma, Mom always makes sure he has a bottle of water. Unless Martha brings cookies, comma, I'll need to stop at the store on the way home. When the ice cream man comes, comma, I'll be ready this time. And now we'll flip those around and make them examples with the subordinate clause at the end of the sentence. 
Mom always makes sure Bobby has a bottle of water before he leaves for practice. I'll need to stop at the store on the way home, unless Martha brings cookies. I'll be ready this time when the ice cream man comes. If it bothers you to start a sentence with because or other subordinating conjunctions, or if it bothers your boss or teacher, you can see that it's easy to flip your sentence around and put the subordinating clause at the end. But you don't have to. There's no adult grammar rule against it. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills, then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast, which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast in more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life, which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety, speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi. Of course, sentences can get even more complex. For example, they can have more than one main clause joined to a subordinate clause. These are called complex compound sentences. You still need a comma after the subordinate clause if it comes at the beginning of the sentence. And you also usually use a comma and a conjunction to join the two main clauses. Here are some examples. Before Bobby leaves for practice, comma, Mom always makes sure he has a bottle of water, comma, and Dad always makes sure he has his gear. Unless Martha brings cookies, comma, I'll need to stop at the store on the way home, comma, and I should also call Steve to let him know I'll be late. But if the subordinate clause comes in the middle, then the sentence doesn't need the extra comma. Here are some examples with the subordinate clause in the middle. Mom always makes sure Bobby has a bottle of water before he leaves for practice, comma, and Dad always makes sure he has his gear. I'll need to stop at the store on my way home unless Martha brings cookies, comma, and I should also call Steve to let him know I'll be late. Some subordinating conjunctions, such as before, after, and until, can also act as prepositions. The way to tell the difference is to remember that subordinate clauses are still a type of clause, meaning they always have a subject and verb. If a word such as until is followed by a clause, it's acting like a subordinating conjunction. But if it's followed by just a noun or a noun phrase, then it's acting like a preposition. The good news is that either way, if it's at the beginning of a sentence, you should put a comma after it. Here's an example where until heads up a prepositional phrase. Until summer break, comma, I need the car on weekdays. Until heads up a prepositional phrase, until summer break. 
And here's an example where until heads up a subordinate clause. Until we're out of school, comma, I need the car on weekdays. In that sentence, until heads up a subordinate clause, because we're out of school has a subject and verb. In summary, subordinating clauses make your sentences more interesting and complex. Just make sure they're attached to a main clause, and you put a comma after them if they come before the main clause. A version of that segment originally appeared in Office Pro magazine. This week's featured listener is Kelly Clarkson from American Idol and the whole American Idol audience. Kelly was the winner of the first season of American Idol, and she was back on the show as a judge and performer for the final season. She stumbled on her words while judging and made fun of herself, saying, Grammar Girl, woohoo! I actually can't tell whether she was referring to the Grammar Girl podcast or not. I hope so. But the audience started cheering as if they knew what she was talking about. So it was an exciting little moment for me. And thanks to Mr. Heck and Sarah Welch on Twitter, who immediately tweeted about it while the show was on. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. National Grammar Day is Friday, March 4th, tomorrow, today, or possibly in the past, depending on when you're listening to the show. I'll be celebrating mostly on Twitter, where I'm helping the American Copy Editors Society run a National Grammar Day haiku contest. So go find me on Twitter, at Grammar Girl, and post your haiku using the hashtag Grammar Day. That's hashtag Grammar Day for your haiku. And in case you missed it, I was also on the Today Show this week, doing a little quiz for National Grammar Day. And I'm sure we'll have clips of it to post on Twitter and Facebook, too. It's been an exciting week, but it always is for National Grammar Day. That's all. Thanks for listening.